0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling From The Crowd Extra. Tonight's episode is based solely off Survivor Series. Tonight was Survivor Series, one of my favorite pay-per-views. It didn't really live up to the hype this year, and I'm super disappointed. Like I said, it's probably because of the COVID era, things weren't able to be built up as much as possible. The matches tonight were okay. They weren't great. The five-on-five matches are usually what Survivor Series is based off of, and I didn't really see that hype that I usually have tonight also. So tonight, we say farewell to the dead man. 30 years, three whole decades we had of The Undertaker. And tonight is his final night. And what a way to send The Undertaker off than Survivor Series. He debuted in 1990 at Survivor Series. So for him to end his career 30 years later at Survivor Series is truly monumental. So we're going to get to the first match of the night, which was Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, the men's match. we seen a new theme for Keith Lee. Finally, no more of that basking his glory and then instrumental crap. Now we have some real lyrics and Keith Lee's theme song. So I'm glad that he finally got something going with that. we see Jay and AJ lock up early. Both men go back and forth and then Jake's take control with a pop-up Samoan drop. Then he tags in Corbin to retain control. We see Styles dodges Otis attack to then tag in Riddle but he can't take control of Otis. We see Owens then get tagged in and attack the exposed feet of Matt Riddle. Then Riddle escapes Owens to tag in Sheamus and then Rollins asks for the tag he then turns around and says this is for the greater good and then gets on his knees and tells Sheamus to do your part and then Sheamus sets up for the bro kick and then he blasts Seth Rollins to eliminate him we then see team Smackdown and Raw regroup so just just, this happening was kind of like crazy to me Seth Rollins just sacrificing himself for the greater good I mean I know he's trying to go off with Becky and stuff but they could have at least had something with him they just ended it like that they just said here you go Sheamus just bro kick uh, Seth Rollins and let it all be over with I thought that was dumb I hated that part and I'm pretty sure a lot of people hated that part as well but we're gonna move forward with the match we see Strowman tagging Riddle then he takes out team Smackdown with a running charge we see Otis and Lee finally face off it was a stalemate for both men we see Lee tagging Strowman who retains control over Otis then Otis counters AJ to tag in Owens who turns the match into his favor we see KO stunner everyone on Team Raw but when he turns around he eats a phenomenal forearm to get eliminated then Corbin rushes in and gives the end of days to AJ Styles and then he goes for the pin but all of Team Raw breaks up the pin. Then Styles hits the Pele. Then he tags in Matt Riddle who does his finish off the top rope to eliminate Baron Corbin. We see Sheamus in control of Jay Uso but fighting with his teammates allow Jay to get a hot tag to Otis who comes in on a rampage taking everyone out. We see Strowman then get tagged in to try to take control of Otis but Otis slams Strowman. Then he hits the caterpillar. Then he goes for a splash but Riddle distracts him. Then Strowman gets up and takes Otis over his shoulder from the top. Turnbuckle to deliver the power slam to eliminate Otis. After that, we see Jay Uso is the only member left, but he's taking out the whole team Raw. Then he hits Styles with a super kick. Then he goes up for the Uso splash, but AJ Styles Associate pulls AJ out of the ring. Then Jay gets distracted with all the other members of Team Raw. Then Styles tried to do the phenomenal for him, but Jay kicked the rope under him, knocking AJ Styles off. He then goes up for the splash. He didn't see a blind tag by Keith Lee. And when Jay Uso jumps off the top, Keith Lee catches with this tremendous strength. He then transitions into a powerbomb position and hits the spirit bomb for the clean sweep. So, Team Raw beats Team SmackDown, a clean sweep. We haven't seen a clean sweep since DX, and I think it was like 2006. So, we we didn't expect this. I didn't expect this. I thought there was going to be some eliminations on Team Raw. Clearly all that fighting they've done over the weeks clearly didn't affect their performance tonight. So, Team Raw has their first win. Technically their second win because The Miz won in the kickoff show. I wasn't able to catch the kickoff show so Miz won in the kickoff show so it's basically 2-0 right now for Raw and you know that I guess that's the way they wanted to start it now we move on to the next match which is the Street Profits versus the New Day we see the New Day come out in their Gears of War themed costumes and then the Street Profits talk in the back before they come out they say the New Day will pass the torch tonight and if they don't they will take it from them so I hope that the New Day you know is ready to pass the torch they have been the 10-time tag team champions and they've done a lot in their career so So now I think it's time for them to shift over the power and give it to another tag team who can really benefit. And that is the Street Profits. No one talks about how much the Street Profits have improved since NXT. They were a young up-and-coming tag team. They weren't even a tag team in NXT. They were just put together. And then they have made such an impact on the tag team division wherever they went. So I think it's only fair that they get the torch passed to them tonight. Now we move on to the match. We see a stalemate early for all four men until Montez catches Kofi with an insiguri. We see some frequent tags from the Street Profits. Then we see Kofi counter some tag team offense from the Street Profits to build up some momentum. Then him and Woods dive on the Street Profits to take control. There was frequent tags and attacks to the body of Montez Ford by the New Day. We see Kofi then taunt Ford. Then he tries to build some momentum, but Woods stops it. The New Day was dominating at this point in the match. The New Day was in control. They were very aggressive. They were focused. I loved it. I loved the New Day being aggressive. They focused on one pivotal point of Montez Ford, and that was that body. They just kept taking turns, attacking, throwing. On body shots and they were just they were just picking the picking montez ford apart that's all i can say there was we see montez ford finally build some momentum he ends up reversing kofi kingston and hit a ddt then he gives angelo dawkins the hot tag to change the tide we've seen the street profits kept the match at their pace with some great tag team offense like i said they've done a lot of improvement and they improved their tag team offense and that clearly showed tonight we see Woods pushes Ford into Dawkins, who is at the top. Then Kofi and Woods hit the midnight hour onto Ford, who then kicks out. We see Kofi doesn't let up the attack. He then goes for trouble in paradise, but Dawkins stops it. Then Ford hit the drop kick and then they place their tag team finisher on Kofi, but Ford's hurt ribs allow him not to make the pin. He's just slowly crawling towards Kofi. And then when he finally does make the pin, Kofi kicks out. The end match was Montez Ford hit Kofi with a trouble in paradise. Then Woods attacks Ford. We then see Woods take Ford onto the top four superplex before fights it off. Dawkins makes the blind tag. Then he lifts up Woods and then Fords hit the blockbuster for the win. So we see the Street Profits defeat the 10 time tag team champions the new day and it was a hell of a match. It was a really good match. I don't think it was better than the Uso rivalry but I thought it was a really fantastic match for their first match ever against each other. So congratulations to the Street Profits. I hope now they get that torch and now we can start focusing on the Street Profits and building them up as a really good tag team. I think this match tonight for me just showed me that the WWE needs to work on their tag team division because they have some extraordinary tag teams and their tag team division can go really far and these two teams tonight really prove that there is hope for the tag team division in WWE. So I hope the WWE realizes like, hey, let's start focusing on our tag division because we have some really great guys who can put on some really great classics and, and that's what they need to focus on their tag division, not just the singles. The tag team division needs focus. You heard it here first. They need focus, and I'm sure most of you can agree with me. Some of us really love tag team wrestling. I know I love tag team wrestling, and I hope that they do focus on this after seeing this match. Now, we move on to the next match, which is United States champion Bobby Lashley versus Intercontinental champion Sami Zayn. We see Sami Zayn running early from Bobby. Sami gets to jump on Bobby, but that momentum was stopped with Bobby Lashley's strength. Then it's all Bobby. We see Sami try to leave, but the members of the Hurt Business just block him from making any escapes. We've seen Sami was in control until Sammy leapt from the top rope and Bobby caught him in a superplex. We see Sammy counter some Bobby offense. Then he tries to suplex him, but Bobby counters. And then Sammy just stops the match and he plays homage to the last time. He's like, I got vertigo. I got vertigo. We know, you know, he suffered from that uh, a long time ago, uh, apparently during a match. So he was trying to play on that. I thought that was pretty funny. Then he tries to roll up Bobby off of distraction, you know, playing possum, but Bobby kicks out. We see the Hurt Business then distract Sammy and Sammy pushes Alexander so that way he can hit him, but Shelton Benjamin stops him and says, you know what, just hold on, hold on, and then Bobby Lashley blasts him from behind. We see Bobby then try to take the fight to the inside, but Sami Zayn ends up countering and using the ropes against Bobby Lashley, but every time Sami Zayn builds some momentum, it's shut down. Then we see Sami take a beating, he tries to run off, and then he gets tripped by MVP. MVP then tosses him back in the ring for the hurt lock, and we see Sami Zayn tap out. So, let me tell you, this match wasn't as quick as everyone thought, everybody thought it was going to be a squash match. I thought it was going to be a squash match. We got a longer match than a lot of people anticipated. And we've seen some more offense from Sami Zayn than I thought I would see. He was countering things. He was trying to get into the fight, but he just couldn't really outmatch the power of Bobby Lashley. Now, what's next for Bobby Lashley? What's next for Sami Zayn? Will we see Bobby Lashley eventually fight for the uh, World Championship? Will we see him do something else other than be the US Champion? Will we see Sami Zayn defend the Intercontinental Championship? Will he lose it? There's a lot of questions at the Survivor Series that Needs to be answered, you know, all these championships, what happens to them? All these people, where do they go? Um, not not the sense of like where they go raw SmackDown, but where does their career go from here? It wasn't the best match, but it was okay. It wasn't like over the top, it wasn't exploding, it wasn't nothing, it was just a regular match, and that's all it was. After that match, we head backstage where Jay is trying to plead with Roman, but Roman says he doesn't want to hear any excuses. Then Jimmy tells Jay to let's leave, and Roman says, No, you stay and you can go. And then he says you couldn't. Control your team because they don't fear you. They don't respect you, which means they don't fear me or respect me. And then he tells Jay to get his brother and leave the arena. And he says he has no time for losers. So we see Roman is upset, even though it's truly not Jay's fault that all his teammates got eliminated and he was the sole survivor. But Roman Reigns still takes that as a loss on his book. So we'll have to see what happens between Roman and Jay Uso maybe tonight or next week on SmackDown. Now we move on to the next match, which is Sasha Banks versus Asuka, Raw Women's Champion versus. Smackdown Women's Champion. We see a technical start from both women exchanging multiple holds. We see Banks in control and then she locks on the Banks statement early but Asuka gets out. Then she tries to lock on the Asuka lock but Bank fights it off and then hits a backbreaker to regain control. We see Asuka build some momentum with strikes and holds. Sasha tries to build some momentum of her own while Asuka was taunting. The fight then spills to the apron. Then Asuka tries to German Sasha onto the apron but she fights it off. Then Sasha Banks gets hip attacked by Asuka off the apron we see Sasha go for a meteor off the barricade but Asuka catches her in a cold breaker then they almost got counted out they both beat the count out at nine we see Sasha going the attack after a near fall onto Asuka then she locks on the bank statement on Asuka who reverses it into an Asuka lock and then you can see the panicky face on Sasha Banks but she was able to get out we've seen many near falls but during a pin sequence is when Asuka gets up to kick Sasha then she goes for a knee strike and Sasha ends up rolling her up for the win so we see Sasha Banks pick up the win over Asuka. And this is Sasha Banks' first official pinfall on Asuka ever. I thought this was a pretty solid match. These two women really gave you a good match. They gave you a good story. Even though the buildup was terrible, the match was really good. And I'm glad to see that Sasha Banks is, you know, finally in that winner's column. She's on a hot streak right now. And I hope she keeps it up. Also, we didn't get any Carmella tonight. So maybe they're just going to save that for SmackDown. They probably didn't want to ruin this match at all. But shout out to Sasha Banks who picked Picked up her first fall over Asuka. Asuka's, you know, she's gonna remain a dominant champion, but I don't know what this does for Asuka. Well, uh now things change on Raw because Asuka got pinned by Sasha Banks. Does that make Sasha Banks more of a dominant champion because she pinned Asuka? We'll have to wait and see first Friday night SmackDown and Monday night raw. Now we head backstage to an r truth segment where r truth lost his 24-7 championship to the Gobbly Gooker. This I think it was on the kickoff show. Uh like I said, I didn't really watch the kickoff show because I didn't make it in time. We've seen a bird trap set up, and then we see the gobbledygooker just running to the, the bird seeds, and then he gets pinned by Akira Tozawa, and then Archouf out of nowhere comes and takes the 24-7 championship back. I think now he's like a 35 or whatever time champion he is. Like I said, I hate that 24-7 championship. A lot of you may not, a lot of you may, but it, I'm just not a fan of it. I didn't really care for this segment. Now we move on to the women's 5-on-5 match, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. In the start, we see Bailey. In control of Lacey Evans early. Then she tags in Natalia to retain the control. We see frequent tags from Team Smackdown keeping Peyton Royce at bay. Then Peyton tags in Bazer, who takes control of Ruby Riot. Then we see Riots finally begin to build some momentum and then Bazer tags in Naya. Then we see Naya fall in the corner of Team SmackDown. Everyone tries to jump on her, but Naya Jack just pushes everyone off of her. Then Lana tags herself in. She comes in and holds her own and then tried to tag out, and nobody wanted to tag. Her. Then Naya and Baszler ended up scolding her after they tagged her out and tell Lana to stay on the steel steps and stay out of this match. We see Bailey in control of Peyton and then Peyton tries to build some momentum but is stopped by Bailey. Then she tags in Belair who gives a snake eyes to Peyton Royce. Then Bailey gives an elbow drop from the top rope for a near fall. We see all women get inside and take each other out and then Bailey climbs up to the top and then Peyton stops her and gives her a superplex to the outside onto everyone who was out there. Peyton Royce then grabs Bailey. She tosses her into the ring to hit the deja vu to eliminate Bailey. So Peyton Royce with the first elimination of the night, and it happens to be on our former SmackDown women's champion Bailey. So that's a big feat for Peyton Royce since she's been on this singles path. I mean, well, they put her with Lacey Evans. So she's still trying to get there. She's still getting there. But we move back to the match. We see Natalia try to stop the momentum of Peyton Royce, but Peyton Royce ends up countering to hold some control over Natalia. Then she locks on a submission, but Balair makes. To save, so Natalia is able to break the hold. We then see Natalia eliminate Peyton Royce with the sharpshooter. Then Natalia gets distracted by Baszler, and then Lacey hits her with the women's right to eliminate her. So we have some rapid eliminations so far. We then see Bianca Belair was in control until she was distracted by Baszler. Then Evans races to the top and hits an avalanche Spanish fly. She then goes for the pin, but the Riot Squad breaks it up. We see late match. Nia proves to be too much for the Riot Squad one on one, but then when they work together, they End up getting the best of Nia, but she manages to tag in Baszler, who takes control of Ruby Riot. We see Ruby Riot trying to build some momentum, and then Baszler catches her in the Carafuda Clutch. But Riot ends up turning it into a pin, but the ref was so distracted with Nia that Ruby ended up fading on the pin position. And as soon as the referee turns around, Baszler just pins a lifeless Ruby Riot. Then we see Morgan eliminate Evans with the Crucifix Powerbomb. Then we see Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler step in the ring with Liv Morgan, and then Bianca Belair comes back but Liv Morgan says you know what I got this and then we see Liv bring the fight to Nia Jax and then out of nowhere she gets hit with a Samoan drop then Nia makes the pin eliminating Liv Morgan we see Belair the sole survivor we see Belair takes on Nia and Baszler alone then she was dominating Nia until Nia countered the splash attempt we see Nia go up to the top rope but she ended up taking her time so Bianca Belair ends up knocking her off but when she knocks her off Shayna Baszler makes the blind tag without any Anyone seeing. We see Baszler get caught in midair with the Carafuta clutch. It looks as if she was going to tap, but she ends up lifting up Baszler, but she passes out, but she grabs the ropes at the same time. Then Baszler holds the submission a little longer for the five count and ends up getting disqualified. The end match was Naya was going to attempt to put Bianca Belair through a table, but Belair ends up fighting her off. Then the referee is counting. It looks like Belair was going to make it and beat the count after tossing Naya over the barricade, but she didn't, so it ended up being a double Double count out. And then they announced that Team Raw is the winner and the sole survivor is Lana. Now, I'm sure that pissed a lot of people off that Bianca Belair was robbed of a victory tonight over the, you know, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. I'm sure a lot of people are upset. I'm sure a lot of people was happy that Lana is the sole survivor. There are some Lana fans out there. And, you know, Lana's documentary just came out. I think, Ellie, you should give it a watch. It's very powerful. She talks about how people, you know, send messages to her and they put her down and she was in a dark place, you know, because people are making comments. They're saying she should be fired. She shouldn't be wrestling. I mean, me personally, I don't like her, but that doesn't knock her wrestling experience. She's in the WWE for a reason. She's not just there just to be there. They obviously see something in her that other people can't, but she was our sole survivor. So, I don't know what that means for Lana now. Are they trying to push Lana? Are they just trying to make Nia Jax upset? Because now, all I see is Nia Jax versus Lana somewhere down the line. After this match, they announced TLC, which is taking place December 20th. So, maybe. Maybe Lana and Nia will fight there in a tables match since Nia is probably tight because she didn't get to put Lana through a table. The streak ended tonight. There was no tables for Lana, and I was really upset because I wanted the streak to stay alive. So we'll probably have to wait till TLC to see Lana get put through a table or a couple weeks before that. So all around, I thought this was a solid five-on-five women's match. I thought it was way better than a men's match. These women gave it their all. They made a lot of strong showings in this match for Peyton Royce. Bianca Baylor looked like a star in there standing with Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler having them fight you know just her by themselves we also seen some great tag team stuff from Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan they were built up in this match there was a lot of builds up in this match if you was paying attention you would have seen it as well so this was a phenomenal 5 on 5 women's match way better than the men's match way better than the Sami Zayn Bobby Lashley match I thought this was one of the better 5 on 5 matches for women now we move on to the main event of the evening Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus. WWE Champion, Drew McIntyre. This match didn't even start and the tension in that ring was unmountable. We've seen both men stare each other down, raising their respective titles, and they would even crack a smile. They would even stop looking at each other. Then the match finally begins. We see a collar elbow tie up from both men. Then Roman takes Drew down with a side headlock and then they go back and forth and holds. We see Drew getting the best of Roman. Roman heads to the outside to regroup while Drew plays some mind games. We see Roman take the fight to Drew, who then counters to some shots on Roman. Then they go back and forth throwing punches. So we see both men early going back and forth trying to outdo one another. We see Roman delivers a right hand that knocks Drew to the outside. Then Roman attacks on the outside and launches Drew into the steel steps. Then he sends Drew into the ring for a near fall and then locks on an aggressive chin lock and Drew gets up and eats knees in a suplex. We then see Roman get a near fall on Drew. Then it upsets him so he rains down some vicious elbow strike onto Drew. We see Drew throw some shots to try to build some momentum but rain stops it with a jumping clothesline then he gets a near fall we see multiple pin attempts from roman reigns roman reigns is trying to end this match early he knows the longer this goes the more fight drew mcintyre will have we see drew finally build some momentum after an irish whip then he goes for the future shock and roman then counters it drew then runs at roman who then delivers a samoan drop for yet another near fall we see roman reigns set up for that superman punch which drew mcintyre counters with a spine buster and the near fall the fight then heads to the outside where Drew is tossing Roman around on the outside. Then he tosses him in to break the count and then Roman takes control again with the kick to the ropes. We see both men late match exchanging big shots. Then Roman goes for a Superman punch which Drew counters with the Future Shock DDT for a near fall. We see Drew set up for a Claymore and then Roman hits a Superman punch which staggers Drew. Then he goes for a guillotine choke and Drew just launches him across the ring. Then he goes for another Claymore and Roman just tosses him into the ring post. We see Roman then set up for a spear and Drew reverses it with the Camorra lock. Then Roman gets to the ropes. We see Drew chase Roman to the outside and Roman Samoan drops him onto the announce table. It doesn't break so he does it again and now he broke Drew McIntyre through the announce table. Then he spears him through the barricade and then tosses him back in the ring for the pin attempt but Drew ends up kicking out and the look on Roman Reigns' face was just nothing but shock. We see Roman get up angry. He sets up for the spear. When he goes for it, Drew counters it. He attempts to claim more but Roman Reigns ends up countering that Claymore into a spear for another near fall so he can't put Drew McIntyre away at all. We see the end match. Roman sets up for a spear, but Drew counters with the Claymore, but Reigns ends up knocking the ref. Then Jay comes out to distract Drew, but Drew knocks him off the apron. Then Drew goes to pick up Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns hits a low blow, followed by a super kick from Jay Uso. Then Roman Reigns locks on that guillotine choke. Drew tried to fight it out, but he ended up ultimately passing out. So, so the match ended with a distraction from Jay Uso which allowed Roman Reigns to take control and win the match even though Roman said hey get your brother and get out of my arena Jay still thought he did something that was right and you know he's trying to get on the good graces of Roman Reigns and I think this would have helped him get on the good graces helping him win we seen at the end Roman stares at Jay Uso at the top of the ramp and then he embraces him with a hug and he holds that title up and says this is our championship this is for our family so Jey Uso must have did Roman Reigns proud in fearing in this match i would have preferred a clean break uh, you know a clean finish but it didn't happen all around this match was hype it was like it lived up to that hype and i really enjoyed this match i would rewatch it again just because it was so good these two men really gave it their all and these two are truly the best champions we've had in such a long time roman reigns has been phenomenal ever since he's won the universal championship he's been putting on clinics drew mcintyre has been doing this for a long time and i think he's doing the best he can and it, there's, no, there's no further he can go from here, you know, because he's doing such a great job. So ultimately, this match was one of the better matches of the night. It was a great follow-up to the women's 5-on-5 match. So thank God we got two really good matches back-to-back. These were really the highlight of Survivor Series. The men's 5-on-5 wasn't really that good. Sammy and Bobby was okay. It wasn't really super interesting. Sasha and Asuka was actually really good. It just wasn't, like, super intense. But it was a really good match. I'm not going to discredit that match at all because both of those women really went out there and gave it their all. So, you know, it, then I guess I can just say it was three really good matches. The other two, the traditional men's match was bad, the Sami Zayn match was bad, and the Street Profits and the New Day was actually really good. Like I said, it left its mark on tag team wrestling, and that's what I loved about that match. It told a story, and that story prevailed. So, you know, it was an all around good pay per view. It wasn't like insanely terrible. People are probably going to say, oh, it was really bad. It wasn't that bad. It had its moments, and some of those moments that, you know, you really enjoyed were the best moments and they were built up to be those best moments and that's what Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns did. It was built up to perfection and they delivered to perfection. So kudos to everyone on that card tonight for giving their all and trying to give us a good show. Now we move on to the final segment of the evening. One of the most saddest moments of the night The Undertaker Final Farewell. Now this was a really short segment it wasn't long at all. I feel like this segment would have been way way better if it had a crowd but unfortunately we can't have a crowd in this time. We've seen Shane McMahon, The Big Show, JBL, Jeff Hardy, Mick Foley, The Godfather, The Godwin, Savio Vega, Rikishi, Kevin Nash, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Triple H, and Kane, who also came out in his attire. I thought he really sold that, and that really, really meant a lot to people who truly love the Brothers of Destruction and Kane. All these people were rivals of The Undertaker, opponents, you know, friends of The Undertaker. That's why they wanted to bring these people out. But when Vince McMahon started to speak, none of these people were around so I truly didn't understand what was the point of having them out. They should have just stood out so Undertaker, you know, can see them as he says his goodbye. But we hear Vince talk about the Undertaker, his career, his 30 years in WWE and in WWF. He said all good things must come to an end and then he introduces the Undertaker and then we get the most iconic entrance in WWE history. We get to see it for one last time on TV, not in person. For those of you who are sad just like me because we don't get to witness it in person. I feel your pain, but we bask in it. They gave him a special entrance, and you know, you can't help but to be sad because you grew up with this guy. I watched this guy for 20 years. My mother introduced me to The Undertaker back in 2000, and this was during American Badass Undertaker from 2000 to 2002. I didn't really grow up on Undertaker when he came in. I got to him when he was doing 10 years already, when he did his 10 years. So, I got to see The Undertaker and his youth. Not in It kind of is his prime to be honest with you that kind of was his prime time so I'm really glad that I got to witness The Undertaker do the incredible things he did for 20 whole years I even witnessed him at the Garden for his final match in Madison Square Garden and it was a special moment the crowd went crazy when you hear The Undertaker's music it's so powerful you can't help but to get chills and be excited to see him so thank you Taker for giving me 20 plus years of great memories and thank you for making wrestling what it is I truly appreciate what you've done for the craft and I will always be a fan There's people who like him. There's people who hate him. But you can never, ever take away what he's done for wrestling as a whole for 30 plus years. The Undertaker then says a couple words. He says, it's time. You know, he put a lot of people to rest. Now it's time that he lets The Undertaker rest in peace. And that was powerful because you're just like, I hope it's not real. You're hoping that The Fiend comes out and attacks him. And it's not the end of an era. But no one comes out. Nothing happens. The Undertaker just says what he says. He then goes down on 1D and does his signature pose. And then we get a hologram of Paul Bearer, you know, he's doing his laugh, holding the urn. And how can you not help but to shed a tear because of this memorable moment? I thought it was special, Now that was just the icing on a cake, having Paul Bearer as a hologram hold that urn. And then he just walks away. He does his slow walk. He stops at the top of the ramp, puts his hand in the air one last time, and then Survivor Series goes off the air. So it wasn't the huge farewell that, you know, I'm pretty sure he would have wanted, but he got to say goodbye to the fans and he got to you know give us one last one last great entrance and one last exit so like I said thank you Undertaker for all you've done for 30 plus years and that pretty much ends Wrestling from the Crowd Extra I hope you guys enjoyed Survivor Series I hope you enjoyed all the matches I hope you enjoyed my commentary on this my recap my opinions because it's truly late at night but if you want to ask me questions if you want to talk about Survivor Series you can message me on Twitter at Wrestling From or on Facebook at Ray Colazo So, this has been Wrestling From The Crowd Extra. Have a good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Thanks for listening.